I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of country throughout all sacred Aboriginal lands in Australia, where we are recording this podcast from today. I invite you to reflect on the land that you are on, the traditional custodians, their customs, their connection and their preservation of this land. I pay my respects to all elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty of this land was never ceded. And I extend this respect to all Indigenous people listening today from around the world. I am grateful for the connection to Mother Nature, the spiritual trees, animals and sacred waters. We as eco-impactors are aware that there is only one planet Earth and that everything on this Earth is interconnected. We stand up to protect Australia's natural ecosystem and all nature across this beautiful Earth. Welcome back to Eco Impactors, a podcast brought to you by Orangutan Alliance. On this podcast, we talk with a range of eco innovators, thought leaders, and change makers who are impacting our planet for the better. If this sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And before we start today's episode, we just want to take a moment to share a few words about Shampoo with the Purpose, one of our palm oil free certified brands. Shampoo with a Purpose is an all-natural shampoo bar range made in Australia by our female-owned family business. One bar equals up to six bottles of regular shampoo and conditioner. Our shampoo bars are palm oil-free and are certified with the Orangutan Alliance. Additionally, they are vegan, cruelty-free and come in plastic-free packaging. Best of all, we don't stop at hair care. Check out the rest of our eco range for the bathroom, kitchen, laundry and more at shampoowithapurpose.com. Welcome back to the Eco Impactors podcast. Uh, My name is Blaine and we're joined here by our other podcast DJ, Amy. Uh, This podcast is going to be a a bit of a solo podcast. Um, We're going to, we're not going to have a guest on. So I think it's probably a good opportunity to do a bit of an intro, just a quick intro for both of us so you know a bit about who we are. Um, And then when we publish this, this will be World Nature Conservation Day. So we're going to talk a bit about that um, pretty organically. Um, So, yeah, we can probably get started. Um, Amy, ladies first, would you like to (laughs) tell the part a bit about who you are and and what you do? Thanks, Lane. So... With Orangutan Alliance, I think I've been here for over a year now working in their marketing and communication. So I work with certified brands and social media. And obviously, you kindly asked me to be part of this awesome podcast last year. And we interviewed Barute Geldegaz for our first one, which was amazing. And yeah, she was like, she has been and is still my conservation idol. So that was a dream and ever since we've just been interviewing amazing humans along the way all conservationists doing great for this planet and outside of this I work with other amazing companies doing good for the planet through working for Indigenous businesses and sustainability companies and animal welfare through marketing customer relations and ethical writing so I get to do that along with traveling Australia, which I've been doing 
um, for the past year and a half in a little wanderer um, and trying to make a light footprint along the way and travel as sustainably as possible. So I think that's me for the time being. Over to you. Over to me. Last so last <laughs> last year and a half on the road. That's yeah. Pretty, that was pretty cool. Living the life. Um, Definitely. So yeah, um, what the the other podcast DJ here? I've been kind of helping out working with OA for I don't know how long now, but maybe a couple of years. Um, you're not not kind of involved with the marketing or anything like that just purely came on here to host the podcast and speak to some awesome eco impactors around the world um which has been kind of awesome i mean i'm obviously passionate about conservation and being able to speak to cool people in the space uh is just really uh, motivating um so i find it kind of productive from that point of view um so that's kind of my role at oa um Outside of OA, I'm quite interested in the intersection of technology, innovation, uh, blockchain. I know there's a bit of stigma around that, but that is a space that I'm kind of exploring at the moment. And the intersection of that and conservation. So that journey began about back in 2017. Um, so I've been exploring that, that intersection since then. And kind of there's been a lot of learnings and a lot of potential a lot of challenges, uh, but definitely an area that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, I know we could probably do deep dives into both of us, but since we've got this event, the Nature World Nature Conservation Day, um, we should probably kind of talk a, a bit about that. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to? Also... Yeah. You also travel and live on the road as well at the moment? Yeah, kind of uh, living a bit nomadically. Um, but also, yeah, so the work I do is just all, all from the laptop. So that uh, makes it a bit more, more options in terms of where you can work from. Mm. Mm. And we get to interview people all across the world through this work, which is pretty sick. Yeah, I have but to pinch myself today, some days. Uh, we're just with Burrito Galaga, so I have to pinch myself some of the people mm. that we speak to. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay. And we're going to have a very exciting one for you all next month coming up as uh, well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today... We're going to be talking about Nature Conservation Day and, yeah, kind of environmental issues and what we can do as individuals, as businesses, um, to make a greater impact for sustainability and Mother Earth. And we're also going to be talking about the extinction crisis, which is occurring right now, and the IUCN list, which is the red list. For those who don't know, that list is called the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, and it lists all the, basically all the threatened species that we have, which the list is increasing, obviously. Um, and 
right now there are more than 41,000 species threatened with extinction. Um, and, yeah, that number is just way too much. Yeah, I highly recommend people check out their website. So if you hop on Ecosia or Google, uh, whatever browser you use, um, type in IUCN, Red List, and hop on their website. It's you, There's some pretty alarming statistics on there. Mm-hmm. So they have... They pretty much categorize all the different animals, um, all the different species out there, and then based on certain criteria, assign it uh, a conservation um, status. And that ranges from critically endangered, endangered, vulnerable, uh, near threatened, and least concerned. So when you're talking about threatened species, that actually includes critically endangered, endangered, and vulnerable, I'm pretty sure. So when people refer to threaten, that's that means that the animal is one of those three, um, uh, one of those three endangered status categories. Categories. Yeah. But yeah, the, the extinction crisis. Um, I think the sixth mass extinction, uh, and it's the first extinction crisis uh, that is human induced, uh, which is not something. Um, to be proud of for sure. Um, obviously, a lot of these extinction crises, crises in the past have been nature-induced through whatever reasons. But to think that one species can have this much influence over all the other species on this planet is kind of ridiculous. Um, mm. And it doesn't have enough. We don't speak about this topic at a species level um enough like we don't give this like this is a crisis um Mm. and yet it's not really talked about too much other than from people within this space and i find that a bit sad Mm. so what do we need to do about that and Maybe actually first we could talk about the threatened species Mm. on the list so far. Mm. Maybe I'll just share that and then go into some solutions. Um, So I was looking at the IUCN list today and some of the species on there shocked me. Mm. Um, And 69% of cycads, the trees, are threatened 41% of amphibians, 27% of mammals, 34% of conifers, 13% of birds, and 37% of sharks and rays. And then you go on to reef corals, 33% threatened with extinction, and 28% of selected crustaceans. And... It's just mind-boggling. And I think we will just mention also orangutans, which is obviously a great passion for us at Orangutan Alliance and um, Blaine and myself. They are, every species of orangutans is now critically endangered. So the Sumatran, Bornean and the Tapanuli orangutan, which is just so sad when they're our closest relative that we have allowed it to get this far to be, yeah, 
critically endangered and that number is just decreasing every day. It is not increasing at all. Yeah. Another, like, it's a sad thing just to add to that and I'll try my best not to make this podcast really sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but like, We're going to have solutions, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll try to <laughs> discuss them. But so obviously humans um, and, and orangutans as well as bonobos, gorillas, chimpanzees, all part of the same family. And mm. yet given this close connection genetically to these animals, to orangutans, they can still be in this position. So usually we are more likely to protect something if we kind of resonate with it, if we like, we're, we're probably more likely to care about our family because we are part of that group. We spend a lot of time with them. Mm. There's like resemblance there. So with orangutans, gorillas, we kind of have that at a, at a certain level yet they're still critically endangered. Now let's contrast that with insects or amphibians, frogs. A lot mm. of these, like, you know, cockroaches. Um, not many people resonate with cockroaches. Not many people, obviously there's some people out there, but like just on average, uh, when you think of insects, you're not, like a lot of people are, the default is like, ooh, like, what is that? Is that going to hurt me? This is mm. a scary looking thing. So the, the insects are kind of these, they're also on this extinction crisis and they don't get the love. Like it's hard, like they're not the poster boys of, uh, mm. of conservation, like maybe orangutans are, maybe like elephants, rhinos. So I kind of feel for the little guys because they are suffering this as well, um, yet mm. they don't maybe get as much of the attention due to the reasons primarily that they are harder to relate to and resonate with. And that probably isn't justification to ignore them just because we can't resonate with them. Exactly. Or they're not as cute. They're not as cute. That's yeah, right. exactly. They're not right. easy to market. Yeah, they're not easy to market. Mm. So I find, I find mm. that kind of that idea is sad because orangutans it's, it's easier to see the resemblance there yet despite that they're still in this really unfortunate position uh, and again mm. induced um it is a shame but i think one is very easy to uh kind of be uh, um what's the word I'm looking for, kind of like frozen when we talk about how severe this problem is that we're living in. Like you could almost mm -hmm. be dismobilized or just frozen. Feel helpless. Helpless, yeah, exactly, helpless. Mm. And that's the challenge around this is talking about how big this problem is but also do so in a way that encourages people to try and be proactive about doing what they can to, to mitigate it. And that's a tricky mm. balance. That's a tricky balance. It definitely is. And I think we can find that, I mean, education materials and 
and podcasts and amazing organizations. I think you and I are lucky because we get to talk to amazing people. So we do have that hope knowing that there's awesome humans out there doing good for the animals and protecting what they love. But from the other side, there's so many, yeah, there's just so many things we can do individually. And I've always believed as one human, more so as I've been traveling this year um, on my own, there's so much that I can do as one human to live a sustainable life and do little things in day to day to actually protect the planet rather than just saying it's too big an issue, it's too much, I'm not going to do anything, I'm just going to drop all my litter on the side of the road because it's just too much. Mm. Whereas I think we can do so much and as soon as you do one thing and share that with someone else and maybe if if it's either on social media or if it's you're travelling with someone and having conversations at the dinner table, we can really affect um, and have an impact for the planet just by sharing what we're doing and living mm-hmm. an authentic, sustainable life as best we can. Yeah, so when you're just saying that, it reminded me of a quote that I said before we started recording. Jane Goodall, another legend and mm. also speaking of Ruto Gaudagas was one of the trimates back in the day so Ruto with the mm. Rangtans, Jane Goodall with the uh, chimpanzees and then um, Diane Fossey I think uh, for the Gorillas. Diane Fossey. Fossey yep. the Gorillas. So the trimates. Shout out to the Three great apes. <laughs> mm. yeah, so one Amazing her, women. Yeah one of Jane's quotes she's got a a bunch, but one of them is you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. I think that's a cool one because we talk about conservationists, environmentalists, um, but the reality is every everyone is, whether they mm. think, you know, whether they know it or not. Um, because whatever, everyone makes dis- decisions and makes actions every day. And those actions have consequences. And those consequences can be positive or, or negative um, for mm. socially or, or environmentally. And so I think to me, that just makes me think that we probably just need to be intentional with what we do. So when we're mm-hmm. deciding things, kind of just try and be more in the present, try and be more intentional with what it is, because most humans, I believe, are intrinsically good. And as a byproduct of that, we probably, for the most part, try and have good intentions. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's a maybe that's a, a step, or maybe something to think about is just trying to be more intentional with what we do. Um, because hopefully that would lead to more positive outcomes, maybe. Does that make, am I making any sense? I'm not too sure. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely are. Be more intentional. And I think be more intentional with your purchases as well. Mm. Literally, as you said, every action you make can make a difference. And like Jane Goodall says, like you have to, 
choose what kind of difference you want to make. So with one purchase, I could make maybe a negative impact or with the same purchase, if I purchase a better brand, if I purchase a Palmol free certified item, um, if I purchase a vegetarian or vegan item over a meat consumption, I'm making a better choice for the planet in that one purchase. And imagine if everyone thought about it like that before they made purchases. Um, there could be a lot, a lot of difference. So in saying that, I wanted to ask you what kind of things would you share with individuals to make a positive impact or what does it even mean to you to be an eco-impactor yourself? Yeah, so I think to the first thing is um, so when I think of conservation, I think of it like a marathon as opposed to a, mm -hmm. a sprint. Like this is a this is a lifestyle choice that you're you're wanting to try and live by for a long period of time uh, because you know when we're talking about the environment, you know the need to treat it well doesn't just make sense today. It makes, you know, we should be treating Mother Earth the best way that we can for as long as we can. So when we think about it as a marathon, we need to maybe kind of adjust our strategy for that. You know, if you think about a sprinter in a marathon, they train differently, they eat different foods because the energy requirements are different. So I would really ask yourself what it is that you're passionate about what it is that you're into what it is that you are good at um maybe some of the needs that are specific to where you are locally and then like work backwards from there so one one model that i like is the ikigai model or uh, or the purpose model and that essentially is mm -hmm. the intersection of what you're good at um what you're passionate about what can make you money uh, and what can add value to the world. So, you know, some people may not need a factor in the money part if you're doing it for maybe for just the, the passion part, but consider all of those four areas. And within that intersection will be something that you can do, which will have a positive environmental impact and social impact. And that will look differently mm -hmm. for me. That will look differently for you. Amy, and then also the listeners, everyone will have a different version. And because it's tailor-made to you, it means that you'll be able to implement those actions over a longer period of time. Because you can imagine if someone just tells you you need to do mm -hmm. this action and you hate to do it, maybe they can force you to do it for a week. But then once they're not there to kind of force it upon you, you're going to stop because you don't enjoy it. So a key mm -hmm. part of this is trying to find good actions that are good for you and will make sense for you because you'll then do it for a longer period of time. Mm. So it's kind of like a deep response. Is it like a kind of a, mm. uh, yeah, maybe a deep You want it to, to be ingrained. And you want it to make sense yeah. to you. Mm. Yeah, and passion, obviously, as well. Like have the passion for it. Yeah, have mm. the passion for it. So find a, find that unique thing that um, 
that because there's so many problems there's so many challenges like when we talk about an mm. extinction crisis this is complex and there's like so many problems that we need to address and because there's so many problems like the chances are you will be really well suited for one of those problems like given your experience given your skill set you're probably the right mm -hmm. person for the job for one part of this problem. And so it's like going through that process, you know, reflecting, experimenting to try and find what that is. And then I think that's when you'll, I think that's kind of like a fundamental approach as opposed to kind of like mm. a, an isolated action here and there. This is kind of like a fundamental thing that would then have positive secondary effects after a hundred percent i love that and that's also similar that everyone has their purpose in this life hmm. and if we grow into that and continue to learn and prosper we can all make a difference with our purpose and i think if you yeah just focus on the climate change and extinction crisis if you just name all these issues that's where the overwhelming feelings come from mm. but if you do you realize that there is problems everywhere and then focus on your kind of your biggest passion and focus on what you can actually do to make a difference and um, that's where the I think the hope comes from as well with myself anyway and mm. the feeling that, yeah, I can actually make a difference in this this key and I know that other people are more suited to making a difference here. So exactly. I'm going to leave that for their role. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think that's a big takeaway from it is that it's supposed to be empowering. It's, mm. it's supposed to feel like I can contribute to this because I have something to offer which is unique to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I find that like super um, inspiring. Yeah, and it's just so beautiful that every single person does have that in them. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. all have something exactly. to offer to the world, and we all have a purpose. Um, and it's really beautiful and inspiring when you see people reaching theirs and believing in themselves enough to actually. Um, make positive change for this planet and for people, whatever your purpose is. Mm. I think my, my tip or solution, I suppose, um, is similar in the way that it's not just one, one action, that it's more general and mine's always been connecting to Mother Earth and because I think you were talking about it a little bit before, but when you can understand and relate to something and connect to it, I think connection's a huge key, we usually protect it more. And if I am disconnected from Mother Earth, there's more likelihood that I'm not going to protect it if that makes sense. So if I'm connecting to the elements and camping and living with nature then and learning about animals and learning about 
everything that we are learning about um, and what we can do and talking to different humans that are that way inclined and want to do good for the good for the planet. And I'm going out and meditating on country and learning about the Indigenous land that I'm walking on and how Indigenous people lived with this land, then I'm going to want to protect it more. I'm going to want to sign a petition and eat, um, you know, more sustainably and live my purpose and make change for Mother mm. Nature and continue. I think continue learning is a huge thing as well, mm. but it's kind of as everything, it's all intertwined and connected and, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, good, that's a good one. I mean, that's also a fundamental tip uh, and that mm. is, you know, have more experiences in the natural world. Uh, you'll have a lot of lessons, you'll have a lot of fun uh, and also through that experience you'll probably naturally grow to appreciate that thing you know if you're you know if you're a surfer uh it's probably hard to find any surfers that have surfed for a long time that hate the ocean or don't care about mm. i don't know uh ocean, ocean conservation and that's because i've had all these experiences with 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 being in the ocean and they've probably developed this respect and appreciation for it and so mm. you're just getting out there and nature is a really good thing and it's also fun like it's it's cool <laughs> it's cool to do yeah yeah it makes you feel good as well being in nature and it's yeah. like a giving it's a giving and receiving as well when you do work and live and experience in nature rather than mm. just trying to take from nature and use it as a commodity which mm. we as humans do very often mm. and are continuing to do. <laughs> and if we could, yeah, learn a bit more and just listen to mother and listen to nature rather than taking from it, I think we could do a lot better for our planet. Mm. Mm. I think maybe another tip could be... Um, so there's a thing called the bystander effect, which is, mm -hmm. I'm going to probably mess this up, but it's something along the lines of, you know, if you see an issue and then you kind of assume that someone else will solve it for you. So because you think someone else is going to solve it, you're not going to kind of act on it. And it reminded me of a, you know, a meme, people probably send, you know, a meme or this meme or a similar meme on Instagram or social media and something like um, this single use bottle won't make a difference says 8 billion people so it's just like, mm -hmm. yeah, like that small decision like you you need to treat it with like um, you need to weight it like it, it needs to be important because if every single person treats this small decision with not a lot mm -hmm. of weight or influence, then that adds up. You know, if one person doesn't do that small positive action, if every person on the planet does that, that's going to that's not going to be a 
the small negative outcome is going to be big negative outcome. So it's, exactly. yeah, like just being, yeah, like you're, you're also your decisions are important. Like you, you are mm. important. What you do is important. Um, yeah. So I don't know what that actually and it means. But yeah, like what, what you do is important and matters. Just like Jane Goodall says, everything yeah. everything makes a difference and everything you're doing um, has that ability to. No, I think that's a really important thing to mention because then if you go at it from the other way, it does create the domino effects or the ripple effects making little changes towards better rather than being, you know, the perfect conservationist, making those little changes, like bringing your keep cup to the store and having a vegetarian meal and having shorter showers and getting solar if you can in your home um, and having conversations, having tough conversations but maybe conscious conflict with people around nature issues and what we can do to be better as humans that mm. that does create that ripple effect and also I'm a big believer in planting seeds so if I'm having a conversation with someone and they're not um they don't care about the issue that's okay but if I, I'm still going to talk about it and say what I believe in the environmental sector and then maybe next year they pick up a book that has that's an environmental book and they're ready to do a little bit more for the planet and amazing. And it's just those little things that make such a big difference in this world. Hmm. Yeah, there's having conversations... So everyone's going on their own little impact journey, sustainable journey. journey. Mm. Everyone's journey is going to look different and everyone will have their own opinions on what they should and shouldn't be doing. And so Mm. if you disagree with someone, I think it's important not to just cancel them, but to have these conversations. Mm. Because, again, let me just bring out my um, super not lame list of quotes. Um, let me just bring out my quote book. It's another Jane Goodall quote, and I think this is super, super relevant today within the social media era. Um, okay, this is it. So it's by Jane Goodall. So change happens by listening and then starting a dialogue with the people who are doing something you don't believe is right. Mm. So cancelling she doesn't mention anywhere in there about cancelling someone who thinks differently to to herself mm-hmm. because at the moment you cancel someone or close yourself from them like may, maybe you need to distance yourself from people who are negative to you for your own mental health and well-being that's totally fair um and, mm-hmm. and we need to do that um but if you're if you disagree with someone and you think that what they're doing is the wrong thing for the environment or mm-hmm. for whatever, there is zero chance of convincing them to change their mind if you don't communicate with them, like you personally. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, 
I always try and, you know, have these conversations. Like I, I really enjoy conversations with people that disagree with me um, because it's that's yeah. where the – because I learn things. I, I have these mm. conversations and I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it that way before. And then, like, vice versa. And so that's probably a tip is just um, given that the world is becoming increasingly polarizing, start experimenting at the dinner table or at your work lunchroom. Mm. Start having these kind of slightly awkward conversations just to, to test out how to have that conversation because it requires a back and mm-hmm. forth. I think that's quite important because um, at the moment we social media is designed to just show us content from people that believe the same things as you. And so we're not, mm-hmm. we're only speaking to, like if you hop on your Instagram feed, it's only, you only see like environmental sort of people, which is cool, but like we also need to start speaking to the people that think differently to us somehow a hundred a hundred percent i think i fully agree with everything you just said and i think i've always loved those conversations as well (laughs) when someone disagrees and really yeah really just picking someone's brain about why they think the way they do because it is so interesting Mm. and life would be very boring if we all (laughs) agreed on everything and all where yeah if we're all the same and we're all individual and that's the point um about these issues is getting to people on their level as well and having a lot less judgment and ego as well around people's opinions and what people are doing in their life and their journey um and i think yeah you touched on a great um just a great uh, sentence about respecting everyone's journey and that we're all on a different journey. And we always used to, when I worked in animal welfare, that would be a big thing coming across that to love animals, you had to be exactly this and you had to do exactly this in your life to be a lover of animals. But everyone is on their journey and we all started from somewhere um, and if we could all have a bit more respect and openness towards each other, I think that's great. And, yeah, just starting those awkward conversations <laughs> because they are very difficult to start at the beginning and they do get easier. But, yeah, they and they all have, they all make a difference as well. Yeah, and you can, like, I've, I've uh, made some friends from these having these conversations. Um, mm. like back in the day, um, I ended up making friends. Like, so in 2017, I went to Thailand and my girlfriend and I were, didn't know anything about the, the dark side of the elephant tourism industry that kind of can exist there. Mm. And, um, so we ended up supporting a few sanctuaries that weren't doing the right thing. And, um, we were on Instagram and uh, my girlfriend was on the saw a post of some people riding elephants and she sent me a message just being like, oh, 
you know, she was saying how that was frustrating to see. And then someone else commented on the post saying, I've just checked your Instagram feed. You guys aren't any better. And then, um, like, kind of, cause, cause he saw that we, um, mm. the sanctuaries that we went to. And then I think he sent me a DM. And then I replied, I was like, Hey, bro, like, I 100% agree with you. Um, we went to these sanctuaries, something didn't feel right. So I started researching and, um, mm-hmm. learned all about, uh, you know, the dark side that can, that, that can happen there. And, um, there was a real issue around tourists not knowing all the information. So you'd have people that wanted to do the right thing that would do maybe the wrong thing. And mm. it, we, we ended up having this constructive conversation and we ended up being mates. Um, and that was the start of my journey into kind of blockchain actually was I started researching technology that could help with transparency uh, and immutability um, and that kind of led me down that, down that path. But yeah, so having those awkward conversations can actually, you can make mates from them as well. Like it's, mm. yeah, worth worth exploring anyway, even, even if it does seem really hard at the beginning. Yeah, it's definitely easier. Um, than the fear of the the awkward conversation. <laughs> I think that that communication is uh, very important with everyone to be open to having those discussions and to be open to learning and being wrong mm-hmm. because we're always going to be wrong about something and we're always going to have more things to learn and find better ways as the years go on to be better for the planet and do better so yeah I think it's a great thing to learn to say sorry to learn to um to want to continuously grow in this space as well so thank you so much for joining us on this podcast with myself and Blaine on the eco impactors for World Nature Conservation Day. Just to recap a little bit about what we spoke about, what we just read out, a little paragraph from World Nature Conservation Day, their website, and for them, and to get their point across, this day stresses the need for preserving a healthy environment and natural resources to maintain a stable and healthy society which is saving plants and animals that face the threat of extinction, such as orangutans, and as well as celebrating and emphasising the various components of nature, such as flora, fauna, energy resources, soil, water and air intact. It celebrates biodiversity and conservation and preservation. And World Nature Day underlines the need for preserving the environment for all our future generations. So let's leave the planet healthy for those who come after us to enjoy through, yeah, all the tips we shared. We hope you've learned a little bit. We hope you realise your impact and realise that each one of you as an individual 
can really make a positive change for this planet. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, then feel free to subscribe and we will see you in the next one.